0: All right, how many of y'all are glad of that? Say amen. Amen. Stand to your feet, stretch your legs just a minute, stretch your legs, we're going to be a couple hours. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, stand up, stand up, turn with me to the book of Acts, book of Acts, we're going to go back to Stephen, talk about Stephen some more. How many of y'all are getting a lot out of the forgiveness series? You're getting some help, amen. Uh, It is good to be back home. You need to thank Jesus you don't live in Minneapolis, Minnesota uh and and not that it, the people were great I mean it's some of the nicest people we ever met, uh but I checked the degrees this morning it's minus fifteen degrees right now. All I can say is thank God for Alabama amen uh man, we had a very, very productive trip uh we were we, from the time our feet hit the ground in Minnesota, we were meeting with pastors meeting with churches. Uh, uh, we have several, several signed up already to be trained, uh, uh, in, in Minnesota, uh, also in Ohio, Indiana. Uh, and so we need to be praying about that. I told them if they'll start up there, we'll start down here and we'll meet in Kentucky. We said we were going to start a movement, didn't we? That's what a mission America was all about. You gave sacrificially the largest offering we've ever done in a one-time offering to see this happen, and I want you to know, I want you to know, it's happening. It is happening. Uh, it's happening in Washington State. It's happening, they just had a, a, another uh, cohort, which is a trainer of trainers in Kansas City. And uh, listen, it, it is, the movement has started. And I want to just take a minute and give God praise and glory for all he's doing. Come on, give him praise and glory. <clears throat> And I am glad to be back. Will y'all help us do this? We want to welcome our Fairview family with us. Uh, will y'all help welcome Fairview, uh, our Fairview family to the service this morning? Glad you are tuning in with us. And, and listen, uh, uh, I am just glad to be home. I am glad to be home and I am glad to be looking at eyeballs. Say Amen. Amen. Let's look in Acts chapter number 7. Let's look in Acts chapter number 7. In your notes, in your notes, we have Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But in Acts chapter number 7, look in verse 55. Verse 55. I'm going to try to be brief as I can. Uh, I've got really the application, the, the, the part I want you to go do is in the end. So there's really two points to this message. But there's a lot of preliminary information I want to give you, so it'll impact those two points. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. So we're going to breeze through the first part of it and hunker down in the last two. But look in verse 55, if you're in seven, Acts 7, verse 55, say amen. amen. But he, talking about Stephen, being full of the, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now, if you're not familiar, if this is your first time with us, we've kind of been in this last few weeks. Uh, Stephen is being stoned. They are taking rocks and stoning him. They have maliciously come against him, uh, unjustly, and they are taking his life. He is in the middle of being killed, being murdered, being martyred. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Now watch what it says. Verse 60. Verse 60. Verse 60. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, say it with me, lay not this sin to their charge. He's in the midst of being killed unjustly in the most brutal fashion I could ever imagine. And in his dying breath, he forgives them. Now, this is one of the greatest examples in the word of God of human forgiving humans than I can ever imagine. In his dying breath, he's forgiving the ones who's taking his life. And all God's people say it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for the privilege and the honor and the... The joy it is to be in your house today. I pray that you'll honor your word, use it for your glory. Help us to forgive those who've hurt us, Lord. Help us to be healed of the bitterness and the anxiety that we have because of our unforgiveness. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I'm not going to rehash, I'm not going to rehash because there's time uh, uh I, I want you to if you haven't been here in the last few weeks uh, three or four or five weeks i don 't know how long we 've been preaching on this, but it 's been four or five weeks and I want you to go back if this is your first Sunday with us, I want you to go back and, and start watching them and catch up to where we 're at because what we 've been doing is preaching on forgiving those who have hurt us. The Bible said it is impossible. It is impossible, but we will be offended. We will be wounded sooner or later in life. Someday, somehow, some way, somebody is going to hurt you. It's impossible, the Bible says. It's impossible, but offenses will come sooner or later. Now, determining how we respond to the offense, determining how we respond to the wound, to the hurt, will determine whether we get bitter or whether we get better. Whether we fester and get worse, or whether we find healing and hope and move on with our life. And all God's people said. We talked about the very, very, very serious consequences to unforgiveness. There's only one way to heal a wound in your life, and that's to forgive the one that hurts you. Healing is not gonna come by hurting the person that hurts you. You're not gonna feel better if they will feel what you feel. The devil has, has given this myth out to people. That if they could just feel what I feel, then I will feel better. It don't work that way. The only way healing comes is when we forgive the offender who has wounded. us. Now, determining on determining the wound, now there's some things in our life that somebody does to us and we can just, it's just water off a duck's back. Say, man, right there. It's just hey, it's no big deal. It's human, uh, humanity, H- humans make mistakes. Is that. But then there's some things that's severe, that's just unimaginable and we have to forgive them now how do we do that how do we how do we do what seems impossible to the human understanding in the human mind, how do we forgive those great, great wounds that's come against us? Well, we we, we we said that Stephen is one of the greatest examples. So we said, how did he do it? Last week we learned that he utilized the scriptures. If you'll go back and look at chapter number six, when he was on trial, he quoted verse after verse, after verse, after verse, after verse, after verse, after verse, after verse. he knew the word of God. He understood the power of God that was in the word of God. Now I told you and I gave you homework for those that you are struggling with forgiveness, those that you are struggling with issues in your life, I said go find those verses, meditate on those verses, memorize those verses and do those verses. And and listen, if you're here today, if you're here today and you didn't do that and you're, you're, you're saying preacher, I'm just hurting, I'm just hurting and you didn't go do what I instructed you to do, that's your fault. And, 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 and I said this, and I didn't even remember saying this, but somebody quoted it and posted it on Facebook, but I'll back it up, that if, if you don't do something about your hurt, you don't take action to fix it, you're not wanting healing, you're wanting sympathy. Now, my wife, is, is, is she's just tough, man. I'm telling you, she's just tough. I, I, I need babying every now and then. I need a witness. But she's not for that at all. She's that one that says, hey, get over it. Let's go. Let's get it on. Let's go. You know, but most people would rather have the sympathy than they would the healing. Are y'all with me? Man, y'all quiet today. I'll preach on that again this morning. Come on. Come on. If you're not willing to do something about the issue, stop whining about it. Amen. Amen. And so last week we learned about using and utilizing the most powerful thing that you have tangible and touchable on this planet. More powerful than any nuclear bomb there ever was is sitting right in your lap. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, we said the second thing. We said the second thing is he had the Holy Spirit. He had the Holy Spirit. He was Full of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to explain that. Now, he utilized the power of the scriptures and he utilized the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do what he did. How many of y'all know Jesus said, and remember, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. You're not going to be able to forgive that person that hurt you without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. Forgiveness is supernatural. It is not natural. Revenge is natural. A grudge is natural. Unforgiveness is natural. Anxiety, anger, violence is natural. But to forgive somebody that hurts you is supernatural. So if we're going to be able to do that, we have to have supernatural power. Say amen. Now let's look at, let's, let's go to our notes. Let's go to our notes. And if you're new with us, if you're new with us, uh, we put out our notes on the, uh, out, out in the four years every week. So you can pick it up and follow along with us if you'd like. Now, in, in Acts 6, 5, it said Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Acts seven fifty five And he being full of the Holy Ghost in that moment, in that place, when he was able to forgive the ones in his dying breath, he was under the influence and control of the Holy Spirit. Now, watch this. Let me give you, let me give you a few things first. Ephesians 5, 18. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, why did he put those two things together? Why did he put those two things together in one single verse? All right? Because it is, it is, you're understanding one by looking at the other. Now, to be drunk with wine means you're under the influence. influence. Everybody understands that. In other words, the things that you do is being influenced, controlled, moved by the alcohol, right? You, you say, oh, that's the alcohol talking. Right? In other words, he wouldn't say that if it wasn't for the alcohol. How many of y'all know people get taller? Yeah. Bulletproof. Come on. You know, they wouldn't say what they say if it hadn't been for, uh, come on. They wouldn't do what they, what does it mean? It means they're being influenced. They're being moved by that alcohol. Same principle. Be filled with the Spirit. That doesn't mean, some people have a misconception that, that doesn't mean you get more of the Holy Ghost. You see, you can't get more of the Holy Ghost. You got all of Him, because He's a person. You don't get some of them. You don't get an arm and a foot and an ear. No, you get all of them. The moment you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you, right? And now, now, you are being influenced you're being influenced, you're being controlled by the Holy Spirit. What he's saying in this verse is don't be controlled by alcohol, be controlled by the Holy Ghost. Now when it says that Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost, that means, it didn't mean he had a whole bunch of him. It means he was controlled by the Holy Ghost. In that moment, in that moment, the Holy Spirit was in him, controlling him, influencing him, leading him, directing him. Somebody say amen. Amen. And what did the Holy Spirit direct him to do? Forgive those in his dying breath. Now, here's what I'm going to submit to you. He may lead me to do that, but I can't do that. Well, what you don't understand is what he leads you to do. He gives you the power to do it. I know you can't do it. There's no truer words ever spoken. I know you can't do it, but he can do it through you. Let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. Man, I'm I'm glad to be home. Amen. Do you realize the least capable person in here can do it with the power of the Holy Ghost? Watch this. And the most capable one in here cannot do it without the power of the Holy Ghost. Are you all with me? Say amen. Amen. So so when you are full of the Holy Spirit, that means you are controlled, you are directed by the Holy Spirit. But when you are directed and controlled by the Holy Spirit, he will give you the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Say amen. Yes. Now, does everybody understand that verse before we continue? Does everybody, this means yes, this means no. Okay, here we go. Yes, okay. All right, now. Watch this. Three things quickly. I want to give you these. This is just the preliminary introduction, and then we'll get to the two-point message, all right? First, you need to understand the presence of the Holy Spirit. Write that down in your notes. You need to know you got him. You need to know that you have the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. I know to some of y'all that's been in church a long time, you understand all this stuff. It may seem very elementary, but there are tons of people that don't realize they have the presence of the Holy Spirit in them. When they are born again, when they trust Christ and they put their faith in Christ, all of a sudden they receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in them. Look what the Bible says. John 14, 16. I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. The word comforter there means, it's translated helper, one to stand alongside. That he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he... He dwelleth with you and shall be. I will not leave you comfortless. In other words, I will not leave you without a helper. I watch this. Jesus is speaking here. He's talking about sending a comforter, but watch how he words it. Who did he say will come to you? I I will. Jesus says in the spirit, I will come to you. I will be in you. Why do you think? Why do you think? That, that what Stephen said in that moment of his death is so similar to what Jesus said in the moment of his death. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'll tell you why. Because it wasn't Stephen in his natural ability and his natural talent and his natural want to and his natural desire forgiving those that are throwing rocks at him. It was Jesus in him. Oh, say amen. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus gives us the ability and the power to do what we think we can't do. Amen? He said, I'm going to send him. I'm going to send him. John 14, 26. But the comforter, the helper, the one to stand alongside, which is the Holy Ghost, which is the. Which is the. It's the, the Holy Ghost. The comforter, the helper is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. John fifteen twenty six. But when the Comforter has come, that's that Helper, the one to stand alongside, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the... Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father. He shall testify of me. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. It's very important for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter, the helper, the one to stand alongside, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, why would Jesus say that? Now, when Jesus said that, he's standing there in person. In flesh. In human flesh. Now... Now watch this. This is where this this gets really important. How many of y'all know that Jesus went everywhere with them guys? Do you realize, do you realize in his flesh, in his humanity, in his physical human body, he went in the garden and he said, y'all pray here. Then what did he do? You remember? He took Peter, James, and John and went a little further. So watch this. He left the presence of the others. Jesus wasn't with them at the same time in his human body. When Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, he was with Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. And we have the frustrated disciples down here trying to do what they were supposed to do and being unsuccessful. Jesus is up there, but not down here because in his human body, he was limited in, in presence. So Jesus is saying right here, the reason I need to go back is so I can send my spirit so I can be with all of y'all at the same time. Are y'all with me? That's why this is so important. Jesus was either in Galilee or he was either in Jerusalem or is either he was in the wilderness or but with the Holy Spirit, Jesus is everywhere in all of us because I'm going to need him at work while you need him at work. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He's going to send him. He's the comforter. First Thessalonians 4, 8. He therefore that despiseth despiseth not man, but God who has also given unto us his Holy Spirit. Now let me say this about the presence and we'll move on. God knew it was going to be difficult to live a Christian life. God knew it was going to be difficult to, to forgive those who hurt us. God knew it was going to be difficult to love our enemies. And do good to those who do bad to us. Right? So this is what he said. They going to need some help. Now how many of y'all would agree with his assessment? If you don't agree with that. You had not been hurt lately. They're going to need some help. So guess what he did? He sent help. So nothing. Brother Melvin. Nothing you have to do in your Christian walk or Christian life. Do you have to do alone. Because he has sent a helper, and all God's people say it. Amen. So understand this first. Understand this first. If we're going to utilize the Holy Spirit, you got to understand you got him. Are y'all with me? I, I, Dustin, this this week, y'all know how old school I am. I mean, I am totally, totally old school. And I'm sitting there trying to trying to work on on this laptop and, and I can't get something figured out and, and, and doesn't. So if you just do this right here and, and boom, everything I was. I didn't know I could do that. I wanted to punch him in the nose. This is all you have to do. Oh, oh, that's it. That's all I have to do. huh? Well, it didn't do me no good if I didn't know it. And some of y'all are getting your teeth kicked in because you don't realize you got help. You got help. You have the presence of a helper. All right. Number two, we not only see the presence of the Holy Spirit, we see the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, now, uh, our help wouldn't be much good if it wasn't powerful. Are y'all with me? If our help couldn't get the job done, it wouldn't be much good to us. But let me tell you what kind of help we have. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound. That means have way more than enough. That ye may abound in hope, have way more than enough hope through, where are you going to get all that? Through the power of the Holy Ghost Luke 4 1 now watch this this is Jesus this is Jesus Jesus beginning his ministry right in the very beginning he's baptized the Holy Spirit descends and comes upon Jesus right descends in the in the form of a dove and now the very first thing the Holy Spirit leads him to do is to go into the wilderness and be tempted right watch what it says it says in um, Luke 14 1 and Jesus being full isn't that what we're teaching about today Being full of the Holy Ghost, being led by the Holy Ghost, being influenced, controlled by the Holy Ghost. By by being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was was led. So when the Holy Ghost is in control, he's going to lead you. He's going to lead you. Now watch what's going to happen. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now watch what happened when he came out of the wilderness. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. You see, when you're full of the spirit, you'll be led by the spirit and then you'll be empowered by the spirit. Are you all with me? How do you think he casts out devils by the power of the spirit? How do you think he raised the dead by the power of the spirit? How do you, how do you know that? How do you think he made you? According to Genesis, it said the spirit of God moved. Upon, are you all with me? That's the power that's in you. The power that raised the dead is in you. The power that healed blind eyes is in you. The power that said, let it be. And it was, and it was good, is in you. Yeah, buddy. Look, Romans 8, 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That means you're not saved. If you don't have the spirit, you're not saved. If you're saved, you have the spirit. But if the, watch this. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, what? Dwell in you. you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. You know what that verse right there tells me? The same spirit that went into that garden, that went into that garden tomb and raised Jesus from the dead, that caused our Messiah to get up and walk out of that grave. Let me tell you, that same spirit, that same power, that same strength is in every single born again believe child of God. That's the help you have. I don't need a wimp to help me. I don't need a sissy to help me. Say amen. If I need somebody that can get the job done. Well, I think by what we see, we got that. Would you agree? Say amen. So we see the presence of the Holy Spirit. You have him. The power of the Holy Spirit, the power that created everything you see is in you through him. Say amen. Now look at, let's, look real quickly, this, now this is just the intro, remember that. <clears throat> Number three, look at the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the also helpeth. The Spirit helpeth. Now I don't have to read none of the rest of it, we will, but that's really all you need to know in that deal. The Spirit helpeth. He's here to help. He's here to assist you. He's here to empower you. He's here to strengthen you. He's here to lead you. He's here to guide you. He's here to convict you. He's here to challenge you. He's here to comfort you. Are y'all with me? Yeah. But if we just want to be in the most simple form, he's my helper. He's my helper. Yeah. Jeff, have you ever been up here singing and had the touch of God on you? Wasn't even hard to was it? Have you ever been up here without him? Oh yeah. It's rough, ain't it? I've been up here preaching. I've been up here preaching, and this is how I can describe it. Having the touch of God, the Spirit of God on you, I don't even I don't even think. It just comes. It just comes. Verses come, thoughts come, words come. It, it, it's not even a struggle. It just And then I've been up here and not been right, not been prepared, not been whatever, grieved the Holy Spirit, and he hadn't been with me. And I'm telling you, you try to figure out what to say. It's a struggle. It's a fight. It's a difficulty. All you want to say is in Jesus' name, amen. He's our helper. The Bible says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That means the Holy Spirit is praying for you all the time. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So he's our helper. Now we see the presence. You got him. If you're here today and you're born again, you have him. You have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The moment you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came and took dwelling in you. And all God's people say it. Now look at your neighbor and say, I got him. him. Look at your neighbor and say, you need him. (laughs) Amen. Now wait a minute. Some of you wives enjoyed that a little bit too much right there. (laughs) How many of you glad you have him? Now, look at your neighbor and says, he can. he can. There's nothing impossible, right? With God, all things are impossible. Jesus said, without me, ye can do. But with him, you can do anything. So we have him. We see the presence. We see the power. We see the purpose. He's our helper. Start using him. Start using him. How many, how many of your parents in here, how many of your parents in here, and, and you, you, you see your kids struggling with something? And 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 you offer help, and, and you have stubborn teenage girls like me. And you say, "Let me help you." And I got it. I, I see you got it. I've seen that you've had it for the last thirty minutes. <laughs> do I? Do, amen. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder how frustrated, Brooksy, You're out right there, cool man. Listen. I wonder how much that God's up in heaven doing this number. When he sees us struggling, when he sees us frustrated. Because we're trying to do what we're supposed to do without saying, help me. Are y'all with me? He wants to help. That's why I sent him. It's time to start utilizing that help. And all God's people say it. Amen. Now, this is where most preachers stop and say, we're dismissed. But that's not me. And you know that. Because I'm a practical guy. Okay, don't tell me I'm supposed to. I'm the type of person, all right, now tell me how to do that. That's how, so I'm going, That's what I'm going to do. Now, here's what you need to know about that. You have him. He is awesome. He is able, he's capable, he can do whatever it is that needs to be done in your spiritual walk, your spiritual life. There is not one single wound. Listen to me, everybody, because let's get back to the context. It's about forgiving. We've been teaching and preaching about forgiving those major, major wounds that's come against you. There's not one single wound that he can't fix and heal if you let him help you. So he's got the power. Okay? Then... He's here to help. That's his purpose. He's here to help. Let's, let's utilize him. Now, there's three things I want to share with you real quick before we get to the two. You see, there's like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. It, it, but anyway. How many of y'all know he's, he's the person of the Holy Spirit? He's not an it. He's the person of the Holy Spirit. So being that he's the person of the Holy Spirit that's in you, that's your helper that goes with you wherever you go. There's three things that I want you to understand about the Holy Spirit. One, we can quench him. We can quench him. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, it says, quench not the Spirit, capital S. Quench not the Spirit. Now, in the the term that's used here, it's like extinguishing a flame. But it primarily means restrict. What, now, let me, let me apply that to us today. That means he's saying don't restrict or limit what the Holy Spirit will do in your life. Well, what do you mean? Now, I didn't think there was a limit to what he can do. There's not. But there's a limit to what he will do. Do you realize that the nation of Israel in the Old Testament limited According to Scripture in Psalms, it says they limited the Holy One of Israel by their unbelief. And the word limited literally means they drew a line in the sand. And said, we're going to believe you up until this point. And you know, when they said, we're going to believe you up until this point, God said, well, that's what I'm going to do up until this point. There is nothing the Holy Spirit can't do. But there's many things He won't do because we quench Him. We restrict his work in our life. And, and, and listen, Paul is saying here, don't quench Him. Don't quench Him. How do we do that? Well, second thing. Not only can we quench Him, we can resist Him. You quench Him by resisting Him. The Bible says, Acts seven fifty one: Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, As your fathers did, so do ye. The word resist means stand against. Let me me illustrate it this way. Let me illustrate it this way. The Holy Spirit's moving on you and and trying to urge you to do something. Maybe call your neighbor, maybe witness to somebody, maybe to quit a habit, or maybe to start a habit, whatever it might be, and you keep saying no. You keep resisting him. He keeps trying to urge you, encourage you. He's trying to lead you, but you keep That means to resist Him. Now, if you've been saved five minutes, you know what I'm talking about. Because you know what it feels like. You know what it feels like when you've been saved. You're born again, you're a child of God, and you're, you're living your life, and you're tempted to do something real ignorant, and the Holy Spirit's saying, Whoa! And you just keep going. What does that mean? You're resisting His warnings, you're resisting His promptings in your life. Does this make sense? You see, he's your helper, but you can resist him. He can lead you the right way, but you can decide to go the wrong way. Does that make sense? Now, if we quench him, restrict his activity in our life by by resisting him, then we can grieve him. We can grieve him. That's the next one. Look what it says. Look what it says. This is amazing. Watch how this all ties together. You remember the original context? The original text is bitterness, unforgiveness. Y'all with me? Y'all met? That's what we, this is what this all, what we got to hear. Watch this. Ephesians 430. And, come on everybody. And, grieve not, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Now, now, I put it the definition in, in, in your notes. It means to make sad or sorrowful. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed in the day of redemption. How do we grieve him? Let all. Uh-oh. What does that mean? If we're harboring bitterness because of unforgiveness, because we know we've already defined all this. Bitterness comes from unforgiveness. Somebody's hurt us. We refuse to forgive them. Bitterness develops. And now we're harboring bitterness, and bitterness brings in anger and malice and clamor and evil speaking. You see somebody speaking evil of somebody else, you can believe there's some bitterness somewhere. Anger, malice, ill will toward. That means bitterness is festered up and bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because he's in you and now you've got him surrounded by bitterness. Now look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be what? Put away with all malice. Malice means evil intent. 32. Watch this now. How do, we, how do we put it away? How do we put it away? Be ye kind one to another. Tender hearted. Say it with me. Come on, say it again. Say it again. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath. See how, how all this ties in? I want the Holy Spirit's power in my life. Well, you can if you quench him. Restrict that power. How do you quench him? By resisting him. What do you mean by resisting him? Because he's told you to forgive that person and you refuse. He's led you to be kind to your enemy or to your neighbor and you resist him. And because of your resistance, you're grieving him. And it starts a cycle because when you grieve the Holy Spirit, you're not going to have the power of the Holy Spirit. And not having the power of the Holy Spirit restricts what the Holy Spirit will do in your life. And when that takes place, bitterness comes up. Are y'all with me? And out of bitterness comes malice and anger and evil speaking, ill intent. Are y'all with me? In misery for the person who's bitter. And all God's people say it. Now here's the how to. (gasps) Oh my stars. We're way late. But thank God we only got two points. How do we do this? How do we utilize the power of the Holy Spirit? Two two words. Two words. Pray. Say it with me. Say it again. Say it again. And obey. Pray and obey. In the very beginning, we said, now look at me, y'all gonna be, don't be shutting something down, folding papers. Look at me. I'm way over time, so you got to get this because this is the most important part. You utilize the Spirit by yielding to the Spirit. The way the Holy Spirit controls you is you let Him. He can't lead you unless you are following. So in the morning, I wouldn't even wait till in the morning. If you got bitterness in your heart, I'd do it right now. Here's your prayer. Father, forgive me. Malice and anger and evil speaking is all sin. Bitterness is a result of unforgiveness, which is sin. This is your prayer. Father, forgive me. Say it with me. The second part of your prayer is, I submit to whatever you tell me to do. Say it with me. I submit to whatever you tell me to do. Number two, after you pray, then go obey. obey. Just do what he says. I can't forgive him. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to do what he says. He may simply ask you to be nice. Be nice. He may simply ask you to pick up a piece of paper. What are you talking about, preacher? I was driving through the parking lot. I was driving through the parking lot months ago. And there was a piece of paper. And I just drove right on by it. Normally I don't do that, but for some reason I did that day. I just drove right on by And I got about halfway past it, and Brother Miguel, the Holy Spirit, said, Really? You're not going to pick that up? Stop. backed up, got out. You say, well, that's silly. No, no. That's a simple obedience. Obedience. One One of the greatest acts of pain in my life that I had to forgive, what was required out of me, God said, I want you to go do something nice for the person that hurt me. Lord, you know what he did. But let me tell you something. The minute that I submitted... I said, Lord, I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of the pain. I'm going to do what you say. And the minute I got out of my seat to go do what God told me to do, it was gone. Healing took place. Did I remember the event? Absolutely. I remembered everything about it. I can tell you everything about it right now. But it no longer had an effect on me because the wound was healed. Utilizing the Holy Spirit is as simple. Walking in the Spirit, being full of the Holy Ghost, is simply pray, pray, pray. 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 Tell, tell the Holy Spirit, lead me, and then do what He tells you. It's that simple, and all God's people say it.